Open the mic so you're locked on to sound bites for another week on DRM One United. I am always joined by the one and love the one and only and lovely Peter. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Russell. Yourself? <laughs> I'm okay. Thanks for the really nice intro. That was very sweet. I think that's the best intro we've done so far. <laughs> it is the best <laughs> intro we've done so far. <laughs> so, um, I can see a lot of words on my screen that so I have no idea how to pronounce. So, I'm going to look. Oh, okay. It's going right, to be so fun. But what, what's the topic tonight? So, um, I really wanted to sort of talk about logical fallacies, which is a term uh, for sometimes the uh, illogical, incorrect um, counter-arguments people have for certain topics or certain issues. And we're starting to see a lot of that, especially now we've got the COVID vaccine coming out. Um, but uh, most people, uh, especially in, from the community, would remember a lot of the logical fallacies we all had to put up with during the marriage equality debates and mm. um, what uh, some of the people were saying in uh, opposition to allowing same-sex marriage. Yes, well, we know what they said and yeah. we know what happened to Tony Abbott. Well, <laughs> et al. Tony Abbott et al. So, we should just jump straight into it because I think the number one uh, logical fallacy is the straw man's fallacy. Tell us more about the straw man fallacy. So, that's... Um, uh, is, it about, is it about a, um, a straw man? A straw man? <laughs> so, basically what it is, it's actually, it, it is, it, it's a metaphor, if you like. Uh, for when uh, an opponent oversimplifies or misrepresents your argument. And so we call that setting up a straw man. So basically they've set up something just so they could try and knock it over. Um, so uh, Sounds like beer pong. <laughs> <laughs> well, sort of in a absolutely not sort of way. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I like your thinking <laughs> you <set it laughs> because up, you're, you're setting it up as a straw man <laughs> argument. So, um, so basically, instead of fully addressing uh, the actual argument, they rely on um, presenting a, a, a superficial similarity um, yeah. and, and ultimately saying that's just not equal or uh, doesn't have the same sort of substance um, that it should. So, uh, to give you an example, so like, like I sort of think about um, climate change and I sort of say, oh, okay, well, I think it's important that we deal with the issue of climate change. And uh, somebody might then say, oh, okay, so I suppose you want everyone to live without electricity and not to have any cars. So, well, I, I think that would be a better world. If we uh, didn't have electricity. Or cars. Or cars. So, how do we get about? Push bikes. You know, that would certainly uh, make everyone fit. And, and how do we wo uh, not worry about electricity? Well, we wouldn't have Facebook. So right. that the world would be a better place. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, the electricity and cars, well, the world's a better place without them. Right. So, getting back to the example. <laughs> Did I just destroy your fallacy? No, no, the fallacy's intact. <laughs> the example is probably a bit shonky, though. Um, so, so in, in that example, you can see that uh, ra raising the concern about climate change is not a statement of you want people to live um, uh, w without creature comforts and stuff like that. You can mm. actually, what we're trying to do is say, listen, we need to address climate change, um, but, you know, how do we do that in balance of letting people still have electricity and cars? And well, without, well, let's be real, without that electricity, you wouldn't have clothing. Well, we had clothing. No, we wouldn't have the clothes that we have today. Let me clarify that. Okay. We wouldn't have, like, the nice shirts with patterns in them and all that kind of stuff because 
well, how would you make cotton together in the way that we make cotton together? Well, we've had f- weaving. Pu- but how is that powered? Push pedal power? Yeah, well, that's how a lot of it was done, you know, well. by that manual sort of weaving and the spinning jenny and all that sort of stuff. No wonder why someone pricked their finger and fell asleep. Are you talking about the Rapunzel? <laughs> 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 okay, let's go. <laughs> you're, you're like, how did he get there? I, yeah, I. One day we're gonna have to do dissect my brain, a journey through the mind of Russell. Okay, let's just jump over to next. <laughs> let's let's move on to fallacy number two, which is the. Okay, when I when I heard this, honestly, I thought of advertising because yeah. <laughs> you said ad hominem, hominem yeah. fallacy, which I was like, oh, it's something to do with advertising. Surely something to do with advertising. Then I read the description. I was like, oh, not to do with advertising. Yeah. yeah. So tell us what this one is about. So basically. <laughs> You're like, get to the point, Russell. No, actually, I quite enjoyed it. I, <laughs> I like the little, um, uh, how you sort of imagined it in your mind. I think it's yeah, great. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, come on, there has to be an ad fallacy. Well, there there is. Um, what is it about? Okay, we'll get to but it. But we'll get to it. It's on the list. It's on the, it's list. On the list. I have to also say that even though we're going to cover a few tonight, this it's not an exhaustive list. So there's actually quite a lot of these fallacies. So Awesome. But the ad hominem uh, fallacy is where you reject somebody's point of view or um, uh, basis of their argument oh. based on a certain so characteristic like, of theirs. So like if someone's a, a vegan, I can go, oh, well, you're a vegan, who cares? Yeah, um, you I'm not um, to all vegans listening. Like we love you. No, no, this is um, we're, we're just talking about examples of what some yeah. people can. You know, like you know, somebody might say, um, uh, you know, you might uh, be talking about well, anything. Talking um, about the planting trees and looking at the environment and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and then somebody and might say, well, what would you know? You know, uh, you're a smelly tree hugging hippie. Yeah, something like that. So, so they're not addressing what the the. Um, the substance of the of the um, proposal is, which is planting more trees. What they're doing is they're trying to diminish your argument um, simply by uh, attacking the person. Um, and and I think one of the most famous examples I remember um, was when Trump uh, was talking about um, Germany's Chancellor um, Angela Merkel, and uh, he said, "Oh, she's she's just stupid." And you know, she's actually got a PhD in chemical um, engineering, mm. uh, and she's hardly stupid. She's led her country quite well for the I last. I guess that's what years. happens when you have a president that has a university that then has to get bankrupt. Well, yeah. So, th- but the point of it was is that um, uh, he he he's a dickhead. He, ra- rather than address the point she was making, he just attacked her character as though that somehow is a valid or a um, uh, a response that would have. Uh, you know, as, uh, an, an equal counter argument, I guess, is what without I'm getting without getting political. I kind of think, okay, we. Uh, I'm just going to say, Scomo Scott Morrison yes. for people international. Yes, he when he we had a march outside Canberra to uh yes. the, the weekend. Yes, and he made a comment that I thought was shocking, and mm. I was like, how could you Terrible. put? How could you uh, compare Australian protesting to? A third world country that is shooting their protesters. Yeah. That's just disgusting and despicable. And it almost made me go, who's this person that's leading our country? But, uh, but um, on top of that, you know, why didn't he? Why, why, what was so wrong that he couldn't stand out there in solidarity? John Howard, which is another liberal prime minister, yeah. uh, he put a bulletproof vest on to go and speak to gun 
advocacy yeah. groups yeah. in the when we're taking their guns off them. Yeah. Um, and look, that's a different conversation. But it's yeah. it's basically look. I when we were talking about just Trump just then, I was like, it just gave me a flashback of Scott Morrison. Anyway, we are going to take a little quick break, and when okay. we come back, we are going to uh, talk about more fallacies and uh, more off-topic rants yeah, <laughs> from Russell. I like the off-topic stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll be back on the other side of this. Stick around. Stay tuned. You're locked on to DRM1 United. Uh, this is Soundbites, and we are back with Peter and I. Peter and Russell, just for people who don't know who I am. You <laughs> should, <laughs> I think they know who I am. I think they know who I you are. I, I, I'm sure they don't know who Peter is, though. That's all right. They don't need to know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, uh, we should just keep going because the appeal uh, to authority fallacy. Now, I like to call this one like when people say, oh, the COVID vaccine kills people. Yeah, yeah. But they don't give any proof that yeah. it kills people. Yeah. Or they say, oh, polio doesn't exist anymore. Well, they yeah. don't give any proof that polio doesn't exist because polio does exist. Your example, though, was some scientists don't agree that climate change is real. Yeah. And then they don't give us the scientists' the scientists name. are. Yeah. And, and where they heard it and uh, where we can go and double-check that. Uh, and and sometimes you'll often hear that uh, people will give uh, percentages. Oh yes, uh, when they're talking about stuff. Ninety nine point nine nine percent unreal truth. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and and the problem with statistics is is that unless you've calculated the the data yourself, um, or whenever you hear people go, oh well, this is what um, you know uh, the research was saying. Unless you actually know what the original research question was, you can't then sort of say, well, you can broadly apply that to everything surrounding that. So, so the an appeal to an authority fallacy is just like you said, um, if uh, somebody says, oh, well, uh, you're not just arguing with me, you're actually arguing against this research or this mm. th- what the scientists said. And one of the um, more recent examples of that was there was a... Uh, an organisation that obviously had a very climate change denying stance. And uh, so what they did is they basically just advertised for anyone with a uh, university degree to sign a petition saying that they disagreed with climate change. Uh, okay. And then, and then when all these people signed it, um, they then said, right, well, here we have all these uh, college graduates who are signing against climate change. Uh, and I think they got about a thousand or ten thousand signatures or something like that, but there was no screening as to what their qualifications was. And so basically, anyone who had a, any sort of degree, so it could have been vet uh, or accounting or computer programming or um, you know, uh, and I, I don't refer to those qualifications as though they're they're not worth anything, but they're not they're not valid qualifications to have to be able to make an informed. Um, Opinion. Uh, opinion or what's well, it's, it's it's more of a Well it's a, a personal stance. opinion. Yeah. It's a personal yeah. opinion. And so so all these people who had a political bias or an, their own personal agenda um, signed it. And and so now every time you hear it, you'll th- they constantly cite this survey where they said, Oh, but we've got all these university uh, qualified people who who have signed saying that it's not real. So here's here's our counter evidence. Yeah. Uh, but actually it's not um, real evidence, it's just an appeal. 
to authority fallacy. Oh, well, let's be honest. If you've got a university certificate or degree, you're no better than me because life experience, people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> life experience. Talks. Maybe don't say that to your doctor, <laughs> dentist, anybody else that you're related. I went, okay, so I had a barber today. This uh, Going off topic again, I went and got my, my beard done. And it looks very good. Thank you. Because it was getting too scruffy. Yeah. And I wasn't shaving it off. Yeah. I just wanted it trimmed. And, you know, I don't like things around my neck. And right. I didn't realize a part of getting your beard done, someone with a sharp razor is right next to your throat. Oh. Yeah. Shaving your throat. One slip and you're dead. Uh, anyway, <laughs> going back on topic now. Yeah. Uh, I can see how that's related. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It'll be like if barbers uh, start doing surveys about shaving. Well, they... No, no, no. If they do a survey about climate change, there you go. That's right, yeah. 99% um, barbers... Yeah, disagree. disagree with or, or or agree with it. Even if they do yeah. agree with it, it's like, well, that's great and thanks for the support, but get us a couple of climate scientists on the job <laughs> as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, because really, science is not about generating opinion. Science is just reporting what evidence states. So, um, uh, and, and I watched this great YouTube video the other day of one of my favourite uh, YouTube um, producers. And and she she rein, reinforced this um, where she said a lot of people make the mistake of of going oh well scientists say you know climate is changing so we should all go and do this donate or uh, save a polar bear or plant more trees or stuff like that but she says actually science doesn't tell you what to do yeah. it just tells you what the consequences of either doing this or that will be yeah. you decide and government decides and and the population decides whether that's something that you want or not so she and she and she gave um some very colorful examples she she said uh, she goes like if, she goes this is what we're measuring we're measuring that there's an increase in co2 uh in the atmosphere and once it gets to this certain point uh this is what the environment will look like it's up to us to then go okay yeah we, we can live with a collapse of agriculture or collapse of the food chain or or we can go, actually, we can't live with that. So what do we need to do to change it? And you go, oh, well, this is what the evidence says yeah. and how we can reduce it. Are you going to take those measures or, or what are you going to do? And if you take certain measures, it will take this much time. But she said it doesn't actually – science is not about providing opinion. It's about, pr it's about reporting evidence uh, and measures. Is uh, it, isn't that interesting, though, from the point of view as, like, human – like, okay, let's – how do I put this – we as the civ civilians of this place, like Australia, yeah. uh, may agree with the science, but our politicians may not. And the politicians set the rules and the guidelines and the legislation. Well, that's where um, people need to be quite informed and, and do their own reading. And, and, this is, and again, I, I don't know if you remember a few episodes ago, we, we talked about... Um, our biggest problem now is not that we have a lack of information, it's that we are flooded with information. And we don't actually have, um, or we're not always taught good ways of, of screening through what that information is yeah. um, and to ask questions. So that's why actually I quite liked the, the basis of this episode today, which is logical fallacies, yeah. which is to sort of hopefully give some people into insights as to going, oh, wow, and I do this myself. I use these logical fallacies myself unwillingly, but I, I, I every now and then I catch myself and I go, oh, okay, I think I'm going down a slippery slope fallacy now. Or well, I've never heard of fallacies before today, so let's move on to the next <laughs> one. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I can't believe you cut me off. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, I'm done now. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Um, let's talk that about... That was an appeal to pity fallacy. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the bandwagon fallacy because this one, I like this one. It sounds like it's about drinking. Well, it's, it's not really. It's a, you mean dropping and falling off the bandwagon? Yes. Okay, so it's it's a bit sort of like the and reverse. I, it's about asking people to jump on the bandwagon oh. because what they're saying is, is that hey, have you tried this new drink or have you bought these new shoes or because so and so and and they insert the name of a star or they actually use a star or a, a famous athlete or something like that, and so they use them as an endorsement yeah. um, of the product or the or the. Um, uh, thing that they want to try and convince you of. And we've seen this throughout time. We've seen it with Nike. We've seen it with Gatorade. We've seen it with McDonald's, yeah, Hungry yeah, Jacks. Yeah. Um, Buy you, this because it'll make you more attractive. Drink that because it'll make you more energetic. Yep. Take this pill to yeah. last longer in bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a place there's you always <laughs> go to, Russell. But it's true. <laughs> There's, I always, I often see those ads on Google. Uh, it's probably because of your search history. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um, but we'll talk about uh, we'll we'll PG it for everyone. Thank you. Drink Gatorade because that's what all the athletes or professional athletes do to stay hydrated. Yeah. Do you know how much sugar is in that? Yeah, Gatorade? No, I, like, I don't drink any of those energy. It drinks. hasn't been proven to be healthier for you. No, well, it's actually, it no, no, yeah, it's not it's healthy. <laughs> it's not healthy. It's not electrolyte. It won't just get some water in you. Yeah, well, yeah, and 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 bath salts. Well, no, <laughs> don't put bath salts in your. This is maybe just a little <laughs> disclaimer. This is not a nutritional show, or a <laughs> <laughs> don't do anything I say because yeah. otherwise you're responsible. Yeah. Uh, no, double check everything before you go ahead and do it. <laughs> have a bath with bath salts. That's, yeah, that's what I nice. mean. That's always refreshing. Yeah, and and do the ice bucket challenge. You know, I was reading just the other day. That the money that was raised from that ice bucket challenge, they've actually generated a whole heap of new research, and they've now um, are heading towards a couple of breakthroughs Good for on ILS. So well done, everyone who so what, actually did the, the ice bucket. Challenge. What's the next challenge for them? Because they need more money to just tick oh. off those tick off those final parts. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't I, know. I didn't, we'll, you, you we'll have remember to remember my my head's crammed full of stuff, and it takes ages. Like I'll remember when I'm driving home, and I think oh, I should have said that during the show. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure we'll figure out another challenge to raise money for them, yeah. or someone will. But it was good news that it, it actually it did um, result in something positive. It's 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 great news. Um, don't forget to support all those great courses, such as Movember. Yes. Uh, breast cancer, yes. the, big, the Big Breakfast. Big Breakfast. Um, I think that's what it's called. Or the Morning yeah. Tea. Is the that? Morning Tea. Yep. Um, uh, there are so many good courses. Yeah. Uh, World AIDS Days has the Morning Breakfast as well on yeah. December 1st. Um, so if you want to check all those out, just Google fundraising calendar. And yeah. I'm sure there's heaps. Uh, I'm just guessing and get behind here. it. Yep. So... We should talk about number six. Steve, have we talked about no? The we false haven't. dilemma fallacy. Yes. So this is also known as the false dichotomy uh, or the black and white fallacy. Um, I was going to ask, what's dichotomy? Yeah. Well, dichotomy is it. Uh, it, it essentially sets up two stances. So okay. it's either one or the other, and there is no in between. But so life rarely, yeah, right. Life is rarely. Uh, a black and white, which is uh, one of the other names for this fallacy. Interesting. Um, so, uh, and, and what people try to do then is they try to 
uh, set up um, the the false dilemma fallacy or yes. the black and white fallacy. So basically saying, you know, there are only two types of people in this world. You either love ABBA or you just hate music in general. Mm. Um, and you sort of go, well, I don't like ABBA, but I do like music. Um, but what they try to manoeuvre you into is to believing that, um, you know, you either have to support their argument or if you don't support that argument, you are somehow um, not a nice person or, or you have questionable yep. judgment, uh, that sort of thing. So it's interesting we talk about this one because one of the statements here is either we go to war or we appear weak. And just two days ago, or actually if you go by the Herald Sun, 19 hours ago, they're talking about Taiwan uh, boosting South China Sea deployments, getting submarines and boats out there and trying to protect their land um, because we're worried that uh, China might be starting a war soon. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's similar rhetoric um, that I also saw the other day where they're saying that the Chinese Navy is now bigger than the US Navy. Um, That would not surprise me to see the honest truth. But the thing is, is that when you break down both navies' capabilities, one of the reasons why the US has such a powerful military is because they have powerful logistics. A a lot of their um, assets... Uh, can move great numbers of their resources, not just troops, but also missiles, also um, defences, all those sorts of things. Mm. Whereas every other military in the world, um, and this is a generalisation, and I I hear myself saying it, and it is a generalisation, but the majority of militaries around the world don't have that logistics ability to move resources, um, which is... uh, and, And similarly, when you compare the Chinese Navy, even though it has more vessels than the American Navy, the American Navy is more capable of dealing with long-distance warfare, so far away from home uh, warfare, whereas the Chinese Navy is actually close-to-home-type vessels. They've only got a few that can do distance-type attack and defence strategies. Well, it's definitely going to be one to watch because uh, the the world is... I I don't know, I think I want to go back to Trump. This wasn't an issue when Trump was in power. Well, the thing was is that um, you, you could argue that. Um, I'd probably sort of think, well, this was all happening still in under, under yeah. in, in the background and under Trump's watch as well. Um, and we don't know. It, it's usually rarely that the presidents um, make these sorts of decisions. A lot of this stuff is done by senior um, representatives and, ser- uh, and public servants. Um, you know, and especially in the, the United States, it would be done by the generals. They would be making all these plans and strategies yeah. and stuff like that. But anyway. Well, uh, when, when this is not the war show. It's uh-huh. not the war show. But <laughs> sometimes people say that all, all this discussion uh, and all this sort of, you know, concern generating is so the military machinery can get even more it money. Is, it <laughs> is very, very – like I've, I've noticed this. It's, it's very much like Sky News is pumping this out and the her- uh, Rupert Murdoch yeah, is pumping this yeah. out does seem to be very um, media And, and that's driven. the thing, you know. Um, so I, I'm not saying it, this is not a real situation. I think it's a very real situation. Um, all, all I'm saying is, is that uh, uh, w- w- when, when, you, when, when you hear this stuff, you need to start asking yourself, well, what are the capabilities and, and, and uh, what, you know, what is it pointing towards yep. as a long-term thing? And, and it shouldn't just be an assumption that it's going to be an armed conflict. Um, so anyway, so yeah, no, uh, well, the which, that, which actually that leads us to the next really good fallacy, which is called the slippery slope fa- fallacy. Well, yes, please put, let us slide down there. So, and I really want to use because during the the same sex 
um, marriage mar- and marriage equality um, plebiscite and, and debate that we were having. We saw a lot of this nonsense, the slippery slope uh, yep. fallacy come through. Um, and, and what it means is it starts off, so you might have a proposal of some sort of um, thing. So we just said, look, uh, we just want the right uh, as everybody else to be able to marry the people that we love uh, and love is love. Yep. And and so someone who wants to engage in this this slippery slope fallacy would go, oh, okay, well, if we let you know uh, people of the same gender marry, then what's next? They're going to marry their their dogs and their cats and their children and then their horses and then their houses and the cars. And so why don't we just everybody marry? And and so what well, they were doing was going down that slippery slope. If you allow, offer better love than <laughs> <laughs> the humans anyway. And I don't mean sexual love. I mean yeah. cuddle loves. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I had to, didn't you I? Had to. <laughs> <laughs> totally had to. Um, but but that's what the same. Se- uh, sorry, that's what the, the slippery slope fallacy yeah. is about. It starts going down. We did see that. We did see that. We definitely by church bit. groups. So well, that's what they they would do. They would sort of say, you know, um, uh, save the gays. Well, you know, save the kids. It was, um, you know, uh, it, it was about saving children. Yeah. Um, don't let children get in the hands of same-sex parents. And you and you're like, uh, hold on a minute. Trust me, heterosexuals are no better than gay people. Well, actually, the research tends to suggest that too. <laughs> no, I actually, was, sorry, let I me clarify that. I was raised by heterosexuals let and I can co- tell you. Yeah, but hold on. That's an N equals one fallacy. So, oh, um, fancy. So, <laughs> it is fancy. Um, so what I meant to say from that was, and I need to clarify it because I don't think it came out right, um, was is that uh, the research has shown that there is no detriment to a child um, provided that the parents that look after them, whether they be gay or straight, um, uh, or single. Or uh, pink or blue. That's right. So as long as they have, um, they, they feel that nourishment, that uh, love and support. Um, Trust. Yeah, all those things. So as long as those basics are there, um, then there is no detriment to the child. Absolutely. Well, uh, we are going to go to a break because that's the slippery slope that of radio where we <laughs> need to play some music and get to some adverts. We'll be back on the other side of this. And don't forget to like our podcast. Soundbites will be back. That is Britney Spears with uh, Me Against the Music. Well, it does feel like a bit me against the music, but me against the world sometimes. And that brings me to the circular argument fallacy. Oh, the circular argument fallacy. So this one um, is... All about God, apparently. Well, no, that's just one example. Let's let's, let's talk about God. Let's talk about God. Well, we will. So let me me explain it, though. Okay. (laughs) And then I'll answer that question. Um, so, So... the circular argument uh, fallacy is when a person who is making an argument, but what they are doing is that they're saying the proof of their argument is based on something else that they have either control of uh, or they point to something that um, in, in and of itself is questionable. And, sure. and so, for example... Um, like the Bible. It, yeah, so it's a bit circular. So what uh, some might say is, is that, oh, well, the Bible is true because it is the word of God. And then somebody would say, oh, how do you know that? How do you know that? And they say, well, because it says so in the Bible. Where was it written by? The Who was it written by? That's what I have. My next question is, who read it, wrote it? Like, show me. Well, because this is, it's not in the, uh, sadly, unfortunately, with a lot of things religious related. There's no writer. There's, there's no, well, there is. There, there, obviously, people wrote the Bible. Um, but some 
divisions of Christianity believed that it was a translation from God. So God uh, dictated it to certain people and they wrote it. Uh, other people believe that it is a series of letters from the disciples. Um, I was just going to say, if you go, if you go Google who wrote the Bible, according to m- both Jewish and Christian dogma, the books of Genesis, Exodus, uh, Lev- Leviticus, Le- Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Thank Joshua, you Joshua, very thing. much. Uh, were all written by Moses in about 1300 BC. There you go. There are a few issues with this, of course. Well, the the Old Testament is um, essentially, and it's not verbatim and it's not word for word, but it, it is based on the Jewish Torah. Well, the, uh, the number one issue, according to um, allthingsinteresting.com, is the lack of evidence that Moses ever existed. Well, there's a lack of evidence that a lot of this ever existed. I know. So, uh, at least... And, and a lot of people say, oh, well, you can tell the Bible is true because it references real things that happened or real cities or something. But, but you sort of go, well, that's not actual evidence that no. the, the Bible is true. We rewrote the Bible just a few years ago, I think, to, to update it to the new... Well, yeah, there are, there are multiple versions of yeah. it. Um, just and to clarify gay stuff. Well, there's only six scriptures in the Bible in reference to homosexuality, and there are, and of those, none of them refer to female homosexuality. It's all male homosexuality. I think the New Testament does talk about female testament uh, stuff as well. I'll let you Google that. I'm googling that. Oh, you got to remember. Keep, keep I mean, going. my my Bible studies were all uh, all old now. Uh, I haven't gone back to it. I, I do read it every now and then just to confirm some of the scriptures that I know. But uh, as an atheist, it's more. Uh, I'm interested in clarifying some of the debates people have over what it says and doesn't say. Um, but, yeah, so uh, as similarly, uh, like somebody might, uh, if, if you really wanted to um, use the example, some might say, oh, well, Harry Potter is real. And you'll go, well, how do you know it's real? And they go, well, it's written in the books of Harry Potter. You know, all those people are there and they talk about it. And you're like, well, you can't use Harry Potter as evidence for Harry Potter being real. Um, and similarly with you know, any sort of circular argument. You can't go back to something and say, oh, well, I know this is to be true because I, I read this book or I saw this TV show. And people go, well, how do you know that that is true? And they go, oh, well, because the TV show sh- said that it was true. Yeah, yeah, no. So, interesting. I was just Googling and I'm quite detailed and I don't have time to read all of it. Yeah. But it is, uh, so they go, same-sex relations, namely, comma, for males, comma, anal intercourse, comma. But he goes uh, behind it to what he sees as the state of being which produce it. So, look, I've taken that out of context. I've read the line that it, what they say. You can head over to bibleodyssey.org if you really want to read it. Well, so of the six verses of the Bible that um, basically talk about homosexuality, the first one is in reference to Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm not yeah. going to go through them all, um, but but even those verses have been in question because um, they talked about, you know, bring, bring out these angels so we may know them. Um, so the original um, uh, uh, Hebrew texts... Um, said well you could you can define that word in a number of ways one means hospitality and another one means you know um knowing them from a position of sexual desire um and of course over years they've gone for sexual desire and they sort of said oh well Sodom and Gomorrah was such a corrupt and horrible place and everyone was sodomites and all this sort of stuff um and actually there's a great video if anybody wants to see it on YouTube I can't remember the young fellow's name 
uh, but he's a very strong Christian, and he was arguing for same-sex marriage, uh, and he was using the Bible verses, and he was and he went through each of the six, and and he described each of them how they could either be interpreted or misinterpreted, um, and the and of course the most um, statement that a lot of Christians use or uh, 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 theists use is the one that the Bible says, and I quote roughly, um, a man should not lay with another man as he does with a woman. Um, and he said, but, you know, the Bible also, he, he goes, you could just take that as solely homosexuality, but he said, then you're missing the, the other point where the Bible also talks about not committing adultery. So he said the Bible could have been instructing that a man should not just flippantly lay with other men, but actually have a proper relationship with those person. You could interpret it that way. Um, and I, I thought that was a very, very good point. It is interesting. So I just have found the part where they talk about females. Uh, so although some s- scholars suggest that unnatural, end quote, uh, relates concerns birth control uh, or non-procreative heterosexual intercourse, uh, the content suggests that Paul is talking about same-sex sexual relationships between women. Uh, in Rome, one twenty-six. So that's. But I, I think that that's them interpreting it that way. Of course, that people have to interpret it. But but, w- but, the, but that's the problem, and that's the problem with the Bible. When you first try to enforce the belief that this is divine intervention, knowledge, and um, divine will, then what you're saying is is that okay so how i interpret it well it's actually not my interpretation this is the greatest appeal to authority fallacy ever yeah. it's it's not me who's saying this this is god who's saying this and that's where it, you know sadly religions have gotten away with this far too long i've interpreted something from my own biases and my own um wants and and or you know um uh, uh, phobias or whatever and okay, I don't want this and I don't want that. So I'm going to find this verse in the Bible. I'm going to say, well, the Bible says this and, I, and that's what... Oops, you knocked, your, you knocked your mic out. Just push it back in. It sh- should work. Just start talking. I don't know. Oh, there we go. There you go. Um, it's not me who, you know, this is what the Bible says. And, and when I say the Bible says, I mean, God is saying it. So yeah. I'm enforcing this point. But, you know, I'm. it's not me as a person. It's God is... I really and can't I, believe that we stayed five minutes on this topic. I know. I do want to. I, I do, get all a bit. I do. Funny want, about I do just want to quickly, uh, uh, quickly uh, comment or, or read this last passage from Bible Odyssey because it's quite interesting what, what their take on it. Uh, they go: Are all people heterosexual? As Paul assumed. Question mark. How we answer that question will determine what conclusions we draw in our world, where churches and society have reached the conclusion that not all people are heterosexual. Many have taken the steps to remove all forms of discrimination against such people that might exclude them. For instance, from marrying or exercising leadership roles are removed. Um, So basically they're saying that the world's becoming more accepted. Again, you can read the whole thing if you feel up to it on BibleOdyssey.org. Yeah, so my only closing statement to that is that if this is divine, you know, inspired, how did God not see all this coming? Absolutely. We should just thank the uh, professor who has written this article, William Loder, and he's from Perth, Western Australia. Hey! Uh, from Merlot Lo- University. So local there you go. boy. <laughs> um, so thank you, William, for giving us uh, that little uh, knowledge. 
Uh, we should just keep moving on though yeah. because we are running out of yeah, time. Don't get me stuck on like, uh, being, an, being an atheist. <laughs> Uh, so we should just uh, talk about uh, number nine. What's that? The hasty generalization fallacy. So this this is a, a I first learned about this one in in university when I was there, and uh, it, and and they sort of said, look, just be very very careful that you don't use your own personal experience to refute um, research that's yeah. been conducted. Um, for example, uh, you know. And actually, it was quite interesting because a lot of times when I would be reading through like research documents, and I in my head, you know, I'd sort of read the the, the uh, research study and what they were trying to find. And my first example was to think of, okay, well, how do how what what personal experience have I ever had with that? And I'd come up with my own individual conclusion, and then I'd read it and I go, wow! But when they you know took a survey of you know thousand people, five thousand people, you know, it turned out that. Yeah. My experience was unique as opposed to everybody else's. Um, and so it took me a while to sort of not think, okay, well, just because I experienced something doesn't mean everybody else has. And so, yeah. and that's what the hasty generalization fallacy is or what we also call the N, N meaning the number of people sampled is equal to one. Yeah. Um, meaning that just because I've had a personal experience doesn't mean that I'm representative of everybody else. So, yeah, and a couple of examples is that... Um, uh, I think we even used this one last week uh, when we were describing um, uh, whatever the topic was last week. I've already <laughs> forgotten. Um, when we sort of said, you know, um, All uh, smo- smoking uh, kills, but then somebody oh. goes, oh, yeah, but my grandfather lived to 100 and he smoked yes, a pack a day. Yes. Uh, and, and so they're using their, their own individual example and then applying that to on the, the entire population. Absolutely. And it's like saying all, it, all electric cars have low range. Yeah, so, and it's well, like... I'm sorry, I go Tesla. Yeah, so <laughs> no, I don't. And, and not all electric cars do have low range. And what is low range? Yeah, look, if Tesla wants to give me a car, they're more than welcome to, but I mostly won't drive it. I found some holes with Tesla. Have you? Yeah. So, according to my research, <gasps> they're not very good at um, avoiding roadwork signs and roadwork. Uh, imperfections on the road. Are you talking about letting the the car drive itself? Yes. You know you're not allowed to do that. Apparently Tesla in Osborne Park is saying you can do that. No. You only have partial autonomy. So on freeways and stuff like that. But they do say in any sort of... You're not meant to actually take your hands off the wheel. Well, people And do. some people are watching movies and falling yep. asleep and cooking a barbecue. Good way, a good way to that's say a, that's I'm, a not, bit extreme. I'm, I'm not driving. The car's driving. I'm in the passenger seat. Yeah. So that opens up a whole can of worms. It though. does. Um, but yeah, so I, I it, it, because obviously they have to get to a point where the car can drive itself because I think that's what people want it to do. They want to be able no. to go out for a night, have a couple of drinks and let the car take them home. Funny you say that because uh, there was a survey done about airplane, um, airplanes and then whether we want them to be self, self-flying. Flying, yeah. And a lot of passion, uh, I can't remember the exact figure, so I won't, won't say the yeah. figure, but a, a lot of the people said no. Uh, because they will want to know that there's a human in control. Yeah, I'd like to, especially an airplane. I, I should find the find the the actual <laughs> <laughs> fact, but I, uh, this look, it, I found useful, not useful information stored in my head. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was quite interesting. I think yeah. I learned that from Flight Center. I yeah, probably. I, I know they were they they believed that aircraft autonomy had gotten to a point where it didn't really need a pilot, um, but. I don't think anyone has an appetite to allow a plane to fly itself. Who knows? Maybe in 50 years' time when we're so used to cars driving us around everywhere and we have a lot of faith in the technology, maybe our opinions will change. Never say never. Well, it is interesting because they, uh, they, I believe that they said 
that the Qantas plane that uh, was lucky not to crash. Oh, the A380, A380 from A380. Singapore to Perth. That's yeah. the one. Uh, that, if it was left up to the computer, it would have crashed. But see, that's we, we shouldn't confuse avionics to artificial intelligence. God, no, because it's just switching off some switches. And yeah, so a- avionics is a bit... Whilst it's a expert system, it's not able to take into... And it's not able to think creatively and stuff like that. And even AI at the moment, we only have narrow AI, which is, if you remember back from so our A3, AI... A330, wasn't it? A380. A380. Yeah, so Singapore to Perth, A380, Qantas. I'm just, I'm just quickly Googling it because there was a uh, thing about how the autopilot was able to fly it. Um, but... The, if they left it to the computer system, it, the, uh, yeah. The well, it basically, it was the just switches overloaded. would have said no. The yeah. switches would have said no. Yeah, it was um, overloaded. Very, very, and very. And actually, even if if it had a standard complement of pilots, it would have been in serious trouble. It was only because there was a second flight crew that yep. was um, returning with the plane um, that. Oh, sorry, no. Uh, not only did they have another flight crew, they also had a flight assessor. Yeah. Uh, and so. There was five of them in the cockpit all coordinating um, the response and, and getting the plane back uh, to, I think it went back to Changi Airport. It's interesting that A330 is no longer in production. It's gone. Well, they, they've moved over to the A330neo, I think. Well, they're doing a lot of other stuff. Uh, Airbus has changed a lot since this incident. Uh, the, the engines are now better. Well, those were Rolls-Royce engines on the A380. It, it is interesting and that... it was an oil pipe that burst. It is actually... I'm impressed I just know this stuff off the top of my head. It is actually interesting because I was watching... You never give me any credit. Well, good on you. <laughs> uh, there was I was actually watching another documentary on Boeing. Uh, and another engine manufacturer, it wasn't Rolls-Royce... Um, Whitney. That, that it sheared the blade. Yeah. It, and I think those were the Pratt & Whitney engines. That's the one. So... They were using hollow um, blades, which they have to use. Most of them are. Yeah, it's yeah. quite interesting. Anyway, uh, we're getting off topic. We should we need. To, we are. We need to get back on topic. This is not the airline show. No, um, but we could do one on airlines. If you're a pilot, come and contact us and yeah. do a show. Yeah. Um, talk about all the things that we definitely are not qualified to talk about. Which is uh, virtually everything. <laughs> <laughs> so we should talk. How's, how's that about just destroying our own credibility? <laughs> this is not. Well, this is an info show. It's not. Perfect info. No, this you is should th- always double check your your research. Yeah, don't we're the Google of radio. <laughs> always no, wrong. The, I, most of my stuff comes off the top of my head. Yeah, but that's what I mean. You're the, you're the Google. Oh, okay. I'm the I'm the user. You're the user. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about the uh, no true Scotman fallacy. Oh, the no true Scotsman. We, sh- we should uh, talk about that. It is uh, well, I'm I'm going to say Scottish and whiskey. So, yeah, you I'm could. Close. So, yeah, not bad, not bad. So, what the no true Scotsman fallacy is, is, is that um, someone might present someone to be, or, or a type of, or a group of people um, to, to do a certain thing, a stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, you might say, um, you know, all Scottish people, they love their whiskey and they drink their whiskey. Totally. And then somebody might say, Oh, well, I'm Scottish or, you know, someone I know is Scottish and they only drink vodka. And so the counter argument, which is the fallacy, is someone says, ah, no true Scotsman would ever drink vodka. Well. uh, And you sort of hear it as well. 
<laughs> you know how to tell a true Scotsman. Yeah, well, no, that's not how you. That's not a measure of a Scotsman, by the way. <laughs> I wasn't talking about the booze. <laughs> I was talking about the kilts. Okay, all right. There you and, go. And the underwear or lack thereof. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so you know, and and sometimes you hear this as well, even in the community. Like people go, "Do you like Kylie?" And you go, "Oh, you know, she's all right." She's, and they're like, she's well, had her time. No true LGBTQA plus person would ever hate not Kylie. Like, yeah. So. Well, Kylie had her day. It's now Lady Gaga's turn. That's <gasps> how I say I, it. I love. I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm a real. What does she call her? I'm a. I'm a little monster. Yeah, you're a monster. That's 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 absolutely right. And speaking of Lady Gaga, we've got her <laughs> coming up right now. So Ooh. stick around. Stay tuned. You're locked on to Sound Bites. Okay, I'm gonna go down. That was not having to happen. Welcome to Soundbites. Uh, <laughs> that was meant to be a smooth transition to ra- to to rain on me, but I forgot to press on air. I pressed off air. I might need to put a space between those buttons. Um, your microphone is really having some issues. Your mic is open. I don't. Oh, there we go. We're back again. I'm gonna have to replace that cable. I think that uh, cable is buggered. Oh, uh, it's done a lot of work. It has listening been. to me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are talking about. Fallacies, but we should just, before we continue the show, we should just let you know that you can get in touch with us via our Facebook page. Just search DRM1 United and message the station if you want to talk to us. Or, uh, yes, uh, Peter did mention to me that we forgot to put a post up about soundbites. Yeah, Um, how about some promos? Show the show some love. We'll put some promos on there. You know why I don't want to put promos on there? Why? Because I'm playing the dumb guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, you're not. Don't, I, I told you last week, don't say that. I don't like that. Oh, come on. Someone's no. going to play the blonde. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different perspective. Oh, we should just apologise to all blondes. Oh. <laughs> I did just say I was playing the blonde. Now, now, you're, now you're falling into the correlation equals causation fallacy. Okay, let's do that one. All right, so that was a really... Poor segue, actually. But anyway, I'm going to go into it. It so, was actually a really good one. So, what the correlation um, uh, equals causation fallacy. So, I remember when I was a, a very young researcher many, many, many moons ago, um, one of the very first rules they teach you in statistics is that any sort of correlation is of the data doesn't necessarily mean that it is the cause of whatever it is you're looking for. And we actually saw it very recently and very, very topically with the AstraZeneca virus and people were talking about the blood clot issues. Yes. Um, and so when you look at that, and, and this is also touching on what we were talking about last week um, with massive sample sizes. So we have a sample size of people who have received the, um, well, both uh, doses of the AstraZeneca virus, which is about 17 million, or it's about 42 million people have received at least one shot of AstraZeneca. But globally, 37 people, not 37 million, not 37,000, not 3,700, but 37 people developed blood clots. Yeah. And what people were then saying was, oh, well, hold on, this is there's a correlation here. So it must be something to do with the... the, um, the um, Vaccine. Vaccine. Yep. Uh, whereas when when you have such a big sample size, I bet if I went through that that data and asked people, "What did you have for dinner?" I'm sure I'd find more than 37 people who had chicken or lasagna or vegetable stir fry or whatever. You can't then just say, "Oh, well, those people also had this meal, and therefore that's the the um, vaccine with that meal means that they also had." 
a higher instance of blood clots. Um, and, and so that's where we have to be very, very careful that just because there is a correlation, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that there is a causation. Um, so to give you another example, what we've tracked is that ice cream sales rise um, incrementally at the same rough rate as the sale of sunscreen. So if you just looked at that and went, oh, well, people who eat ice cream have to be wearing sunscreen as well because the sales of both of those go up at roughly the same time. Uh, but you're ignoring the fact that people tend to buy ice cream and also wear sunscreen during summer. You know, yeah. So, so it's, you have to be very, very careful. And especially when you're talking about really large sample sizes, um, then you can draw all sorts of conclusions uh, based on any sort of correlation that you yeah. find. It's, it's actually interesting because I'm on Science Norway Ooh. at the moment, which sounds very cool, right? sounds like <laughs> a, a – I look, I don't know if they're a legitimate uh, science magazine or whatever, yeah. but you have science in your name. You must be pretty good. Um, but, look, they just – That's did, a correlation <laughs> <laughs> equals causation fallacy. I, I was trying to find their about page to see exactly who they are, but they yeah. list a bunch of scientists. That's okay. Um, and they list a bunch of universities. Good. Now, it's interesting. I'm not going to say this on air because uh, if you want to read the article, head over to Science Norway because we're trying to say that, this, the well, according to the Italian government at least, they came out a few hours ago and said it's safe, the yeah. AstraZeneca virus And, and quite a few of the, the governments are reversing and... Well, Science Norway is saying that... Uh, the vaccine might be safe. However, it's the unexpected and powerful immune response that might not be. So if you want to read that article without me butchering what they're trying to say, yeah. head over to sciencenorway.no, which is the official Norway domain name. Yeah. Um, and you can read it for yourself. Yeah, I might uh, have a look at that. Yeah, I'll send you the link, actually. Yeah, I'm not claiming any any vaccine is 100% safe. All I'm saying is, is that of that correlation... Um, when you have a sample size of it of 17 million for two doses, and I think it's 47, 45 or 43, 45 or 47 million of at least one dose, yeah. um, that's a massive sample size. And then to say 37 people suffered a consequence, and therefore it is. What makes me this one be a bit more believable is because I know Google has been doing a lot more f um, filtering of anything that's not uh, fact. They put down the back of the results. This was on page one at number one. So to me, it's like, okay, well, clearly this is a reputable um, website. So it's interesting. Read the article and let us know what yeah, you think. Yeah, I'll we'll have to, because don't forget, Google algorithms are different for different people. Well, that's, it's saying that Norwegian experts say deadly blood clots were caused by the AstraZeneca vi uh, COVID vaccine. But read the article. You can see then that that flies we'll in the face of all the um, various um, regulatory bodies. Well, not really, because Norwegian no, no, Norway has not resumed the AstraZeneca. Yeah, but what, what I'm yet. saying is regulatory bodies. I'm talking about the US, Australia, Italy, England. Um, totally. So th there's a number of, and I'm not saying that they should ignore it. Absolutely, research this, double check it, be thorough. But, but are they being thorough, though? Well, I'm not involved in the research and, and the evaluation and the investigation, but what I'm saying is is that, yes, if we see any pattern, we should investigate it, but if we then, after an exhaustive investigation, realise that there is no um, 
correlation uh, or causation connectivity, then we need to also then give, give way to our bias. We have to always follow what the evidence is, is pointing to. And sometimes it's, that can be really, really, really hard. And I think last week when we were talking about biases is, is that those are the things that uh, are difficult for people to do is to just dismiss their bias because they have a personal desire to either see something... Oh, you knocked the mic, Graham. Just push it in and talk. Uh, to see something real uh, or to um, to confirm something that they already believe. Uh, and, and that's actually another one of the fallacies that we talk about, which is that, um, uh, well, we won't go into it tonight. We're sort of running out of time, but we it's the, the Texas shooters. Um, uh, that's an interesting one. I don't like that one. No, so basically what it is, it's, it's uh, the, the Texas uh, sharpsuit of fallacy, which means that they... Uh, shoot at a barn wall and then they draw the target around where all the bullets went to show how good a marksman they are. Yeah, it's... it's okay. which, which is which is a very loose way of saying that, first of all, I gather the evidence that supports my argument and then I say, well, here it is, it's all there, um, yeah. even though I've ignored all the evidence that is uh, refuting my, my um, position. We have just posted the article on our DRN1 United page if you want to go and read it and comment yeah. below. Uh, comment on the thing. Uh, it is time for us to. Do we have? Do you have? Did you want to do one more? Because we are now late. So, we're, <laughs> okay. we're not not that it's a time constraint. There's no one in the studio after us. We can go till midnight if we want to. No, I want to go home. You want to uh, go home? Well, we can do one one more quick one. <laughs> okay, which one would you like to do? Um, I might do the middle ground fallacy. Um, I like this one because uh, this one um, I see a lot of people doing. Um, I shouldn't say a lot of people. I sometimes when I hear, it, I think, "Oh, hold on a minute." They've polarized this argument uh, into believing that um, you know there's only two sides, which is uh, similar to the other um, fallacy we were talking about before. But then what people say is, "Okay, well, some people say two plus two equals four, other people say two plus two equals five, so the the result must be somewhere in between." Two plus two cannot equal five. If you surveyed enough people. Some people would select two plus two equals five. Some wow. people people just are contrarians in they will disagree with anything that you present. It doesn't matter what it is. One plus one equals a window. They'll do that, yeah, and I remember that from primary school days. Uh, <laughs> but okay, so this one is a scientist claims that climate change is real. Yeah. A politician negates their claim by saying climate change is a myth. And so people in are saying, response, well, a journalism uh, journalist writes an article saying, well, climate change may be changing. Uh, but it's not our fault. That's right. So what they've done is they've found a middle ground and they're presenting that as the alternative outcome. Well, whose fault is it then? Tell me that. It's not mine, not yours. Well, the research shows that it is amp- anthropomorphic in nature. So no it cows. No, us. It's us. It's us, our industrial activity <laughs> and our pollutants <laughs> and everything else. Well, we could all go vegan. That would help. Would but it? it's not the only solution. We, we need to stop farting and burping. That would help. There's a lot more other things we need to do as well, not just biological processes. We need to stop using unleaded 91. There's, as I said, there's a lot of things we need to do. So it's we not just fossil fuels. It's the way we generate electricity. We need to stop using rat poison. I think it's time <laughs> we wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. I before, think so too. Before we start going, go and put some cheese out and catch it mouse the old-fashioned way in a trap. <gasps> My mate Will says that rats and mice don't like cheese, and I believe him. Well, if you use rat, uh, mice, uh, cheese, 
the you know the traps and if they've got nothing else to eat, then they will choose cheese. I've seen rats uh, or mice. I don't know which one that is. Eat cardboard. Okay. <laughs> Chew through cardboard. I don't know whether they're eating it, but they're definitely chewing through it. Well, I, I don't know if they're that fussy about that, where their fibre comes from. <laughs> Maybe they do. Eat. I have to ask my mate Will. Yeah, no. That's, that's but I know that they don't like cheese. So why? It's not their go-to. Then why are they eating it when they people put it down? I just told you, if there's no other food source, then but they will eat. Lots of food around, trust me. No. Definitely my house. Oh, man. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Right. You don't know. I have cheese out. I have salad out. I've got meat you got out. Like a, like a little buffet for your. <laughs> totally. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, Maybe that's why you have rats. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. I, I know we have bush cockroaches in in our um, office. Oh, uh, I'm glad we're not off topic. <laughs> totally are. <laughs> don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you like your triangles, then you're going to have to tune in next week oh. because we've got some special triangle sounds coming your way soon. <laughs> We've got no triangles. So you don't even have the special effects soundtrack that you said you were going to get for this show. You no, know? I, because I haven't found the adapter. You just make tri- it with your mouth. Ting. <laughs> we're not talking about triangles as in the music triangles. No. Fun fact, it's the only instrument I know how to play. I know how to play a recorder. We could do a band. Not a good one. A recorder and triangle. Yeah, yeah. And we can also buy ourselves a mirror and watch ourselves starve to death. <laughs> <laughs> on that note people we're going to go and get something to eat uh, don't forget if you want to subscribe to the show please do check us out on Soundbites uh, on Spotify iHeartRadio and DRM1 if you have if you're listening to the podcast and you've listened all the way to the end thank you very much I'm not going to say God bless you but <laughs> why would you? <laughs> because we talked about oh. Bibles earlier <laughs> Don't forget to be gay, be proud, be happy, and just be who you are. Yeah, just be happy. Just, we're going to be out of here now <laughs> before I get the sack. Yeah. <laughs> Bye for now. This has been Soundbites. Bye-bye.